Hello, hello, hello. We are live on the Sports Keter Wrestling YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter for another edition of Smack Talk. We are here for a very special Merry Christmas edition of Smack Talk, reviewing the Christmas Eve edition of Friday Night Santa, Smack come on. Come, excuse me, Santa's here. Santa, come on in. Just put that stuff around the tree. And Wait a minute. Santa's down. here. Santa. Wait, how could Santa be by you? Santa's over here. No, he he, he said he was going to he was going to skip New York and come right to Florida. Stop working the people, Dutch. We all know you're Santa Claus. That's why we got to finish this show so you can go deliver some more toys. And I'm not Rich Uchino, who it said on the billboard no. there. <laughs> I'm his understudy today. You're, you're too much, Sid. You're just... You ever heard of kayfabe? That's kayfabe about a lot of that stuff, you know. Pulling back the curtain. And what did you say, Bill? Were you talking to me? No, no. no, no. Hey, Bill was talking about Rick. Yes, because Rick is not. I'm gonna have to tell him, Bill. He's on the billboard there. When when I was watching the the countdown, uh, I didn't. I saw Rick, so uh, you know I'm his understudy tonight. You know, just like. Broadway with all the COVID stuff that's going on. The understudy. So Rick is Rick is not with us tonight, right, Sid? He's unable to be with us this week. He will be back either, you know, in 2022 or next week. I don't know which, either or, but we hope he's having a very Merry Christmas. So we're not joined by Rick Uchino. We're joined by someone even better, the, no. the man behind Pro Wrestling <laughs> Illustrated, the legend himself, Bill After. Thank well, you. Well, there's only one reason that they hired me to do this. I'm Jewish. I don't celebrate Christmas. I can work the holidays. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Me, no, me, no. me and Rick, we have uh, young kids, so I understand why Rick isn't with Happy us. Happy holidays, everybody. Merry Christmas. I do have a, uh, a wonderful Christian son-in-law, um, and uh, uh, I want to wish everybody a, a Merry Christmas. Happy upcoming New Year and a great holiday season, and thanks for uh, showing up tonight. Absolutely agree there. Dutch, Bill, we're going to be talking yep. about this Christmas Eve edition of SmackDown. Any quick thoughts before we get into the show? Yeah. Well, um, I watched ahead. the whole show. I thought I would actually go to sleep, you know, because on shows like this, sometimes they just throw whatever they want to do out there. But I have to say that the show was much, much better than what I thought it would be. Of course, they have that stupid stuff at the end. I hated it years ago, and I hate it now, you know, just throwing food around. And yeah. I mean, but let me say one thing about the start of the show and the, and the, and the Heyman interview. Very, very believable. Yes. Because yeah. when he's talking, and I had kind of forgotten what he said last week. He says, I am not protecting how did he say that he's not I'm protecting not protecting Brock, Brock Lesnar, Lesnar from Roman Reigns I'm protecting Roman Reigns from Brock Lesnar yeah very yeah, very, very uh I mean that hit right at the at the core of it and uh and the interview and I like the way Paul kind of put his career in perspective you know, at this stage of his career, he didn't see him going back to NXT to pick up, you know, an outstanding talent, not at this age. But they really promoted uh, day one. And I think uh, day one, that match, and that's the only match really they got on the card that means anything. 
I mean, other than it just being a it just being a holiday card, which traditionally <coughs> sell out. And yeah. I don't know, I don't know if they'll sell out in Atlanta, but I think they'll do they'll do a hell of a house. They will because they're not competing against the major football bowl games because that would be that's the night before. So yeah. I, I think they'll do a, a hell of a house. But I think the only match that really means anything there uh, will be uh, Roman and, and Brock. Yeah, yeah. Who is, who is Charlotte facing there? Do we know yet? Uh, they haven't made any announcements. We'll get into what Charlotte was into on this episode with her defense against Tony Storm. Bill, what was your overall thoughts on this? My overall thought is I, I enjoyed the uh, the match, uh, the, the whole show pretty much from top almost to bottom uh, at the end. I'm not a big purveyor of the food uh, things. It was definitely Ricochet's night to shine. And I was really, <coughs> this was, they. he's been on the verge of stardom for so many years. And I think tonight we want, we really wanted <coughs> to see that happen. We, we, it was really, he was on the cusp of it. And I was very, no knock to Sami Zayn, but I was, Definitely, definitely taken aback when they didn't have him, uh, when he didn't win that match. Um, I also really liked the opening match with uh, Charlotte Flair and Tony Storm. Rather than coming out with a 20-minute uh, interview or anything um, with the girls in the ring or whatever, they put on an excellent wrestling match. Uh, the length of it was very good. Uh, Charlotte retained the title. And what Dutch was saying about Paul Heyman, we've both known Paul Heyman since he was a little kid, practically. Um, and the video that they did, the perspective of his career was very, very well produced. And usually he jokes around, he does shtick with Kayla Braxton. And tonight you could see there was a different tone to even the way she presented herself with him. It was very real sports to me tonight yeah it's some very good notes we'll get into how the whole show went down remember everyone watching of course merry christmas but remember to drop a thumbs up on the video share it with your friends subscribe if you are new to the sports keto wrestling youtube channel because every week we come with smack talk reviewing smackdown and aew rampage usually rampage is tomorrow so we are here to review the christmas eve edition of smackdown which kicked off with the aforementioned sit down interview with kayla braxton and paul Heyman. Yeah. we got a quick recap of uh roman reigns firing paul Heyman last week and Brock Lesnar laying out the bloodline. Uh, Heyman admitted that he told the truth to Reigns and got fired publicly. He started emphasizing how he was embarrassed, embarrassed and humiliated, humiliated in, in front of his peers publicly. Uh, Heyman uh, doesn't regret telling Reigns the truth last week. He noted that his job as special counsel was to tell the truth to Roman Reigns. And uh, Heyman tried to talk to Reigns last week after everything went down. Down, but Reigns threw all of his notes, suits, and luggage out of his dressing room. Heyman added that Reigns is the greatest universal champion of all time, but he needs to be protected from Lesnar. Now, like, wait um, a Let me ask you a question about that. He used to say that Barack Lesnar was the greatest universal champion. Do you, either of you, smell a double cross coming that perhaps... You think? I don't know. That perhaps that... <laughs> that, perhaps that 
uh, him laying out Paul Heyman. Uh, and th this is just a plan to uh, uh, do something to Barack Lesnar and Heyman because of his relationship with the entire Samoan clan for over 40 years, part of the family. This is part of uh, hurting Barack Lesnar. What do you guys think? Yeah, we said last week after everything went down that it smelled and looked like a ruse. If it looks like a chicken, it smells like a chicken, it probably is a chicken. So this feels like a ruse. And because of how heavy-handed he and WWE went with, oh, his career might be over, it makes me feel even more that it's a ruse. What about you, Dutch? Well, I think that <clears throat> something's going to happen at day one that nobody kind of expects. I don't, I don't think you'll, I think you'll see Paul Heyman in Atlanta, but not when the match starts, but when the match gets going, you could see it one or two ways. And you got to think about it in the, in long term in the long lens, right? Is I think they want Roman versus the rock, maybe at WrestleMania. Yep. That's what I, I don't, think. I don't think that's happening. Cause rock is filming, uh, is going to be, then, then they could, then they could go ahead and, do the see i've been predicting that the whole time that he was going to eventually end up with brock i think if he yeah. turns against uh roman i think that will be hot 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 but when, and then of course he, he will turn back roma i mean brock will turn back heel and roman turn babyface because that's where they usually you know end up with with guys anyway same with hogan same with you know, same with Cena, same with all of them. They usually, you Stone Cold, they end up a face. And we've been we've been predicting for a long time that are uh, saying that the bench is is short. Yeah, WWE yeah. has no bench. That's what for I was either one of these for either one of these guys. Yeah, who would be next for either one of these guys? They don't have anybody. That well, they got each other. It's it's, it's each other. Like that's that it. it the main event of WrestleMania is most likely going to be Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns again. It's just that's that's just the fact of the matter because no one else is going to be built up to the the level of these two guys. And I don't think it's the right move to turn Roman Reigns babyface or Brock Lesnar heel right now because Brock Lesnar is hot as a babyface. I think the move is the is to try decide. let the yeah. fans have been deciding the yeah. fate of both those guys. It depends what town they're in. Well, it seems like every town, Brock Lesnar is the babyface. Roman Reigns is the heel. Roman yeah. Reigns is not getting the babyface cheers that he was getting in September now that he's against a red-hot babyface Brock. So, Yeah, but you also forget that if Heyman turns heel with Brock, I mean, Heyman's going to get heat. I think Heyman turns babyface. I think he he came off very sympathetic. If it if if it's not a ruse, I think the move is the person who's doing the the turn here is Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman goes baby. Okay, if he if he does the turn against Rock, uh, against uh, Roman, Roman, that's what I'm talking about. He could very well stay a baby face. Yeah. What that's if how they got it laid out? But what if <clears throat> he said it's going to be? Mean? And this is what makes wrestling good because we can sit here and try to outthink yeah. creative what are they going to do what are they, we don't know really what they're going to do but they did uh they dug them uh, not a hole but they're filling it in now 
Yeah. And now they're going to, and, and this took, to Bill Roman, they've been working on him, what, for three years? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, longer than that. It's been six years. The, the Roman Reigns push started yeah, but in like he, 2015. By the time he took time off plus. and came back as a heel. Oh, he, that, it, what, two, that started two, in 2000, two or three years ago? 2020. Uh, I, I, yeah, 2020. 2020 was when he returned and turned Okay, so, so two years. Well, yeah. that's good. We are ignoring. But they did a really, really good job with it, really. We are ignoring one thing. First of all, two things. First of all, Heyman said he wouldn't go back to NXT to find somebody. But maybe he will, and maybe they're going to bring somebody up that they believe in and do it hopefully the right way. The other thing is, let's not forget the history of Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins. Although Rollins is a quote-unquote semi-final guy, you still have that shield friendship that could turn into a very strong rivalry once but, again if they do the historical But thing. Rollins is on Raw, right? Yeah. yeah. I think I think if the if they were thinking about going to Rollins and Reigns uh, direction, they wouldn't have changed him. They wouldn't have put yeah, him. Yeah, he's on Raw. Yeah, no, no, and I, know, I, I know that. But but again, in the interest of uh, who might be next on there, they may have to find some way to uh, move him over. I I think I they think do whatever they want. I think that we are we are jumping through hoops because we all know what's next. What's next is the same person that's gonna first Brock and that's gonna first Roman at day one. The person that's gonna first Roman at WrestleMania is most likely Brock Lesnar yeah. because they there's no one on the main roster that is on the same level as Roman. But like you said, Braxton uh asked Heyman what's next. He says he needed a moment and had a drink of water. That was a great touch. Uh he looked totally disheveled and somber throughout this whole thing. Uh Heyman doesn't know what's next for him uh talks about going to nxt and finding someone new he only wants to advise reigns at this point in his life and Heyman noted that his career is probably over and then later on in the night we got a career re retrospective of so uh good. paul Heyman from starting from his time in wcw with the dangerous alliance to ecw being the mastermind behind that uh the the uh, the invasion storyline uh his association with brock lesnar from his rookie year onward all the way to his association with roman reigns a great piece of business and this yeah. is why every time they do something like this you always have to say bravo to the wwe production team because you know, that was so ago, well put together done that. years ago they never would have shown ecw footage wc they own it now yeah. but they never would have acknowledged uh uh the past i mean i i loved it i thought that was one of the best parts of the show tonight Agreed. Oh, it, that was it very, very good tonight. So, but hey, Wait. there's another way to think about it. Everybody thinks Hayden's going to show up. What if he doesn't show up? That's a possibility. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean sometimes you know you don't know what they're thinking. He, I mean, I, I certainly don't. I know what I would probably do. I wouldn't. I would have him show up. You and do something. You two and are either too. way, it's going to get over. Whether he, have him turns sit in the front row with a ticket with somebody. I, I actually, I actually think that the right move is him not showing up, and Brock overcoming the Usos, overcoming Roman, and winning. Without Heyman, Roman loses. That needs to happen at day one. I think that's the only way that you make the rematch at WrestleMania interesting. 
is that do we have these months leading up to WrestleMania? Is 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 Roman gonna kind of suck up his pride and go back to Paul Heyman? Because that's the difference. He beat he beat Brock with Heyman, and then he loses without Heyman. Yeah, I mean that that that's interesting. If there if you guys are watching this from WWE booking, you have some great <laughs> ideas here. Absolutely, yeah. we got. Well, they, they they called me right before we went on that on air today. Always and uh, told me where we we're going to talk about him. I said, well, most likely. So we got a yeah, Bruce chat. Pritchard called me and I said, hey, we're, we're going to single you out, Bruce. If you're the head of it all, I'm going to tell you right now. You know. So if anybody's going to get any get any crap, it's going to be you. We but anyway, a, what I'm saying is, we're sitting here, we're throwing ideas out and theories out, and whether they're true, we don't know, but. I think everybody else is doing the same thing. Oh, what is going to happen? That is the, that is the epitome of an angle done well, and they have done this one well, and really they took well. their time with it. Really well. You mentioned I mean, Bruce. I've been Bruce in Boston, some. Man. I've been in some territories. They shoot an angle a week, and nothing was getting over. But they were still shooting them. But they didn't take time to build anything. This was good, and I'll bet you Paul had a lot to do with the booking of this whole storyline. Oh, no, he, he probably did. You, you see his yeah. fingerprints all over this story, yeah. but we got a super chat donation here from Alice Castino, uh, who says, "Can you guys give me a good Booker T story? Huge, huge fan of him and very underrated in my opinion. He should have beat Triple H at WrestleMania 19, either Bill or Dutch. Do you have any Booker T stories?" Dutch, you well, got I one? remember we were in Europe on a Euro on a European tour. And I don't know what happened. I don't, but this wasn't with WWE. This was with TNA. Yeah. So we went over there, and it's the same setup. You know, you go to the building, the bus station, you get off the bus, then you go. And but something about catering, they they were there for you know when we got there, but at the end they weren't there. I mean, what are we going to? And we said we're going to stop down here on the road. And I remember Booker T pitched such a bitch. And raised hell, and finally he made them stop in the, the next fast food restaurant they saw, which happened to be a McDonald's. And we went in there, and he cussed the agent out, and he cussed the driver out, and he cussed the tour uh, somebody else out. They were just on a because what what happened is you know you find out with these guys uh, when they get hungry they get irritable, yes. and when they get irritable you can't talk to him. So, and finally, when he raised enough hell, they, they finally pulled over. I, I told him, I said, pull over, but you're going to wreck the bus. Yeah. But we finally stopped and got him to eat, and then he went to sleep. So we yeah. were fine until we got to the next town. He was hangry. <laughs> right? uh, he was. You wouldn't like him when he's hangry. Uh <laughs> and I heard the story about him getting in a fight a long time ago with Batista. Yes. Now, you, did you hear the story? Yes, I, I have, but I'm not. I don't remember it. Well, I forgot what it what it was about. But Batista was, I guess, was supposed to be so bad or something, and I heard it. And Booker T just dusted him, just beat him up in the back, punched him out, knocked him out. I don't know what he did, but from every story I heard, that Booker T got the best of him. I believe it was at and the I don't Summer even know what it was about. SummerSlam 2000. It happened before I got there. 
SummerSlam 2006 uh, commercial, I think it was, uh, that they got into, like, a fight because I believe uh, it was from Booker saying, I know, from Batista saying comments when he was over on Raw about, like, how the SmackDown guys were in on the same level of Raw guys. And then I think, like, Booker felt some type of way about that, and they had, like, a, a little scuffle on the commercial set. So, well, yeah, but it <laughs> absolutely uh but yeah like uh bill said earlier the opener to the show was uh charlotte flair going one-on-one with tony storm for the smackdown women's championship i, I got a bitch about that one. Oh, I, that? I can't wait to hear no, it, it uh, no it was it was a good match yeah and a good finish yeah i just didn't like after the finish i mean charlotte she did her stuff she left and they showed poor little tony there and looked like she was about to cry i don't get that yeah, I mean, they present babyface like that a lot, and they even did that during the match when uh Charlotte was talking trash to her and like pushing her face in. It looked like she was about to cry, and I'm like, you're in the middle of a championship match. Like, I know the yeah. probably the emotion you're trying to get across is like that anger building up in you, but you just came across like you're crying in the middle of a match. Like, it doesn't it doesn't resonate yeah. with me. I I I I didn't enjoy this match as much as you guys seem to have joined it. I thought it yeah. turned into a solid match, but it felt like those they weren't on the same page for the I mean, for the I first couple of minutes. Uh, that thing at the end yeah. where he was there uh, on the ring and uh, like crying. Yeah, that's what I'm talking there, about. I, I felt I, that didn't bother me. I felt her heartbreak that she didn't get the t- this. She worked so hard to get this match and she didn't get it. But I thought, and this would have been out of character, that Charlotte was going to raise the belt, come down and go to her by the ringside and just give her a thumbs up and walk away. That's all. Like you did a good job. She ought to walk to her and slap her. Yeah. That's what I, you said, Oh, you disappointed pal. And I slapped her again. That would have, that's what I'd have done. That would have fit Charlotte's character for sure. Uh, Flair. Yeah. Flair rolled up uh, Storm using the ropes, but the referee caught her. The finish came when they traded uh, pinfall attempts, and Flair reversed a small package to retain the title. I Like I said, I thought it started off a little bit clunky, them not on the same page, but it turned into a very solid match by the end here. Uh, I just don't think that the finish protects Tony Storm the way WWE thinks it protects Tony Storm because of how it came across. It came across like this is not the end of this feud here which i don't think it should i just think that the finish could have been better to protect Storm. i felt like charlotte should have cheated at least to get the victory to protect yeah. tony if you're going to continue the feud yeah or i'll get you next time well maybe they're not they're not going to continue the feud i i am a straight up a straight up pin then i have no idea who charlotte's versing at day this one is, this or is Royal the, rumble this is a problem i have with wwe to me, we used to have what they call our WWE call for the sake of, you know, politics, enhancement wrestlers. Yeah. I think they could go back to that at some times and have just Charlotte just going there and just literally beat the crap out of some girl. If you don't know her, yeah, they don't do that deal. anymore. But if you do but if you take little Tony Storm in there and just beat her like that. I think you'd do more damage to Tony than you really help Charlotte. You remember that, Bill? We just take I guys do. in there We're and, used to and just beat them up. Here. The people are texting well, me but, about the show here. <laughs> 
they're, they're they're like they're like we we need we need Bill to talk more. Um, no, 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 they're enjoying the show. So. Awesome, awesome. Well, hop on, hop on it, Bill. Absolutely, no, I'm, awesome. on, I'm on live. Tune in, <laughs> Bill. Uh, do you, who do you think is next for Charlotte? And do you think that this finish probably protects Tony Storm the way WWE probably intended? No, I think what they did with Tony Storm today, I don't think protected her, but I don't think it's going to be the uh, the end point for her. I think that the fans felt bad for her because of the end of that match and the way she acted, and they're going to bring it back for a, another match. They're going to give her another shot at it. They're going to keep building her up a little bit there. She's going to say that uh, uh, on an interview... You know what I think should have happened? Go ahead, Bill. Finish no, no, go ahead. <laughs> I was good. No, what I'm saying is she was crying there. I would have actually, of course, you can, you see these things after the fact. But I think she should have went to back. And I think uh, Sasha should have just ram, reamed her out. What are you out there? You crying? Blah, 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 blah. You're going to find a crime. won't get you nothing here. Blah, blah. So you better dig up or you yes. better pack your bag yeah, and get out. I'm going to tell you that right now. Yeah. You put up a hell of a fight. Be proud of what you did. Don't but they went right to the next, and I know you're right disappointed. Don't let them. Don't let them see you cry. Yeah, but they went right to the next that, segment. Like that's it. Yeah. Charlotte won oh, again. Yeah. Who's next? That's Mo it. Moving. They they moved on. So I guess we should as well. Where? Uh, oh wait, wait. The only thing that the fan really remembers, though, is that shot. Because Dutch, you brought this up right away. Is that shot of Tony Storm sitting there? That's yeah. what you remember. You don't remember how good the match was. They were excellent opponents for each other. They really were. I know you said you thought it was uncomfortable at the beginning. I didn't. I That was the type of match that AEW would have opened with and you would have expected that kind of action. It was really, really well done, in my opinion. So, yeah, like I said, well, you're talking uh, about it, it, it turned yeah. into a solid match. I just didn't feel like they were on the same page. At the yeah, beginning. I never saw that part. Okay, but when you tune into AEW, immediately the vibe is different. Yeah, it's just a different vibe. Oh, I, I know. The crowds buzzing, this, that, and the other, and WWE. I, almost they try to. The crowd yeah, can this, be into it, but this it's one, different. This show, the one, the one glaring thing from the show that I can nitpick is that it was very obvious they were using canned sound Thank for, you. This, for the I show. Like, I think, up, but yeah, they yeah. they had the cheers on, and you literally look at the crowd. Everyone sitting sitting down, not getting excited the way the crowd sounds. Like it was just off. I know this was filmed after last week's show, but they didn't have to make it so obvious that it was. I, you know. Their production people, because I've been on their network quite a bit, their production people are fabulous. They really know how to do everything the right way. So at the beginning of the show, when the beginning of that match, the Charlotte Flair-Tony Storm match, when I heard that sweetening of the crowd, it didn't even sound like a crowd. It sounded like wind going through a tunnel. Yeah. It did. It really did. That's the that best. Was, that was me, Bill. I was blowing into the microphone. <laughs> that uh, You know what? It was Dutch See, going through a tunnel. <laughs> See, I, I try to help him out as much as I can, but I can only, listen, I'm one guy. I can only do so much. So I'm trying to help him out. But so, anyway, that was the only, that was really the only complaint I had about Charlotte and uh, that little Tony. Yeah. And remember when they started first 
uh, promoing Tony Storm. Yeah. And then they just stopped promoing, and you didn't see her about for, for three weeks. And then all of a sudden, she she perks up somewhere. She so, she loses to Zelina in the Queen's Crown tournament, and then they insert her into a feud with the with the championship. It's it is it's glaring because it, it's like this this obviously wasn't the plan. Because if it was, I don't think she would have lost to Zelina beforehand. But, yeah, but and you see, we, we're 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 talking about the guys not having a bench. The girls is the same way. Yeah. Who does Charlotte have to go to? She can go to Sasha. Yeah. And but you, you you can tell they're Bayley waiting. Back. They're waiting for a big show to do that match, though. Mm-hmm. So they're they're trying to buy time with with Tony and Shotzi at this point. Um, but next we had a recap of uh, Drew McIntyre interrupting Happy Talk last week to pull out his sword. Uh, backstage we get a Drew Day reunion of Drew McIntyre, King Woods, and Kofi Kingston ahead of tonight's main event, Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street Street Fight. They trade uh, silly puns about Christmas, and then they laugh awkwardly to end the segment. That's that's what I have in my notes, people. I'm no, sorry. That was, <laughs> no it, it was, was embarrassing. On 34th Street, but this show was not from New York tonight. No, right. that's a, that's what they just call their street, their Christmas. I know, no, I, I'm aware of that, but you know they're at Madison Square Garden in two days, so uh, they'll probably call it there. Miracle too. on 34th Street. Right, classic <laughs> movie. Madison, classic. Oh, yes, it was on tonight. Actually, both versions: the nineteen forty-seven version and the nineteen two thousand something version. Mm-hmm. But, but in what they'll do probably in uh, Sunday when it's in New York, they'll say it's a uh, uh, upstate Pennsylvania. Um, <laughs> well, we can send, Yeah, they say. Well, yeah. it's Northwest Nebraska. <laughs> the shadow, the shadows of yeah. New York street fight. Yeah, um, it's, it's, it's we a got, country road fight. We got a progressive uh, match flow covering uh, Zaya Lee and Natalia's issue. We then got uh, Zaya Lee with a promo. She says that Natty is a vulture and says she will fight her because she is the protector. Uh, yeah, this is this is the most follow up that we've gotten to Zaya Lee's debut that happened like two, three weeks ago now. Yeah. Uh, it feels like a while. Uh, but after that, we got into the main bulk of the show, which was the 12 Days of Christmas 12 man uh, gauntlet match. This was a lot Wait a of. Minute. Yeah. What's the 12 days? I know it's just it's a common Christmas saying the 12 days of Christmas. How Seriously, how does that even have any relevance to a wrestling match. Well, they've never done the eight days of Hanukkah. <laughs> That's right. They've never done that. The Light Your Menorah Street Fight. Hey, That's they, the next. They've one. never done the <laughs> six. <laughs> they've never done the six days before the Fourth of July match. That's right. Either. You're right. Exactly. I just made that up. But they've never done it. Yeah, but it's so, probably just due to the Christmas song. Exactly. Uh, I know. <laughs> That's all. That's all. But actually, is. it started at eight forty-two, and I'm thinking. And I, I, list, I had to listen to the rules because I don't know the rules. Wait, Central Time or Eastern Time? Eastern. No, is is Eastern. So eight eight forty two. They okay. were like a, more than a quarter of the way through. Yeah. And I'm thinking, boy, this match, and that's why I had to listen to the because I thought it would go like an hour. Yeah, I mean. It pretty much did. I mean, it went like forty-five. It went forty minutes, right? Yeah, yeah. Because because this is not. This is. I I think that WWE is really good at booking gauntlet matches 
But the reason why they're be- really good is they either tell a great story, like with Kofi Kingston ahead of Kofi Mania or Seth Rollins ahead of the Elimination Chamber in 2018. So they did great jobs with that. But this one, this just seemed like they had like short matches that they fused together. And then towards the end, they decided, okay, we're going to try to put a spotlight on Ricochet. But then at the end, he doesn't win. So oh, don't, you know, I'm so upset at this thing because also one of that spot that he did onto Sheamus tonight. The, the acai moonsault where he almost oh, jumped on his head. My goodness. I mean, that was like a killer move. But. Again, everybody wanted him to win. And again, no knock to Sami Zayn. He's great at what he does, but he's been around the horn a lot, winning a lot, etc. And it would have been nice to see Ricochet get that push tonight. And then you got some new excitement about this kid. And it just negates everything else that they did with him if that would have happened. Dutch? Well, I, I almost I picked the winner before the winner. Because because Zane didn't start, I said now they're going to reward him for doing all that stuff and putting all these people yep. over all this time. They're going to do something with him, and they did. But Ricochet, he did that one. Oh, what do you call it? The star. Yeah, I saw you moonsault. Wow, it was it was literally perfection. Yeah, yeah. But I think, and because you could literally knock somebody out with that. If that knee came down a little bit wrong right on the head, the guy's gone. So that's what I would do. I'd have him do one and, you know, knock the guy out because – and then he the guy lays there and they cart him out. I think yeah, people would talk about great, that. Yeah. That would have been I a great people to... would talk about that. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and it's, not that, it's not that he's reckless with it or careless. And it's not that the guy missed it. But the guy, he got knocked out. And I'm saying, uh, people would say, wow. And I would actually kind of stop the show and cart him out on a stretcher. Great idea. Take him to the hospital and put him in the hospital for a couple of days. Yeah. I mean, that would be. Look at the future. And then if you get publicity on it, you know, all these these people, uh, these bait and clicks, you know, wrestler says he didn't intend to hurt opponent, but he did. And you'd read about it. Yeah. Because he does it so well. The feud, and sometimes I think he does it so well, it surprises people that anybody gets up from it. Yeah, I think that actually takes away the magnificence of it. It's when the guy gets up, it's it's like an arm drag. Yeah, and he keeps going. Yeah, it doesn't really count for nothing. No, what you know what I used to hate in ECW, they would do this tremendous dive through the ropes. And the guy doing the dive would actually sell it more than the guy taking it. Yep. Yep. So if you really dissect that, you think, why would, say I'm a wrestler and I'm going to do it. Why would I sell it? Or it hurts me more than I give, I'm giving it to the guy. Why would I even do that? Because to me, I think that that gives the baby face guy to get up and get the crowd going. But if they're both down, the people go down. Yeah, I would have liked to see who's get up first. suggested where Ricochet gets him, he's out, they come out, put a neck brace on him, then for the next few weeks, they have these vignettes in the hospital with Seamus in the neck brace going, I'm going to come out and get you in three weeks. Yeah, and see, that's an up. angle. Yeah, I mean, really. But 
They didn't do that. So it's simple they don't do stuff. that do that type of it, stuff it's anymore. Simple stuff. But they don't do it. Okay, wait a minute. WWE Creative is calling me. I'll be right back. <laughs> You're in trouble, uh, Dutch. Well, um, yeah. Dutch. Hello, hello. Dutch, yeah, it's Bill me. Dutch. Knocking you. Dutch, it's Bill me. Bill knocking you guys. So he yes. said, but I'm not. Not me. Not me. Not me. Don't don't get my significant oh, other in no. trouble. Um, oh, you, can't <laughs> knock, you, can, you can't knock them. Um, Basically, uh, you you can't knock them, can you? No, no. I I, I pick. I'll, if I'll you notice, if you notice, Dutch, I pick my words very wisely when I talk here. Oh, um, I <laughs> and you know what? I don't know. As you know, from my reputation of six. Oh God, fifty-one years in this business. I never knock anything. Well, when we're talking about creative, I knock everything. I, yeah, but no, no, I, I knock speak. something if I even like it. <laughs> no, but what I'm saying is that when I see something like that, you come up with an idea about that. What we're doing is exchanging ideas and fine-tuning how we yeah, make that's it. Done. We're not knocking things. Exactly. Oh, I feel sorry for those guys in WWE and creative, really, because it is the most thankless job imaginable yeah. yeah because if they they got vents breathing down their necks and we got to get this up god damn i gotta fire you i mean he's probably not telling them that but they got pressure on them but if they come up with something good the whole feeling out in fandom is wow those wwe guys they are great but let it drop off a little bit and the guys don't get any of the blame the creative team gets all the blame. Oh, that creative team sucks. They can't get nothing right. But when they did get something right, they don't get the credit. The talent gets the credit. No, so no. They, 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 can't, they, can't, they can't win. Doug, yeah. you remember when WWF, when it was WWF? Now that's before my time, Bill. Yeah. <laughs> but when they used to book storylines that would go six months into another program and stuff yeah. like that, they were way ahead of the game. And now, uh, you know, the, the, the way the business has changed, it, that's not there anymore. The fans are a different type of fans. The Internet has changed fandom forever as well. So it's a, it's a whole different mentality in business. I don't know if you can go oh, it's much it, anymore. Yeah, it, it's much harder now. Yeah. We were talking yeah. not too long ago, Sid, about when Hulk Hogan doing the Hulk Hogan era. You never really saw him have a match on TV. No. Nah. Correct. It was Saturday because Night's main event was energy. where he would do his TV matches. Right. And he got over like that. And, but that was a different day. Now you see Roman Reigns, and he's every week there. So actually yeah. the pressure, uh, there's your boy. There's, you there's know something, boy, brother. Bill. Yeah. So, um, But Roman but, Reigns, when he goes out there every week, he's putting his whole reputation on the line every week. So the pressure is really on him. So it's and and we're talking about Paul. Paul has helped him through this with those interviews. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, he he carried half that team. He didn't do the work, but he did the the background noise or he did the background thinking. And of course, creative got with him. And if I was on creative, I would get with him too, and I'd I'd pick his brain. But that is tailor made for. For Heyman because he he likes it he he takes it slow anyway yeah he I builds it and builds it and builds it but he maintains interest all the way through I look which forward, is a hard thing to do I look forward to seeing Roman Reigns every week I really do now you look forward yeah. to seeing what I look Roman forward Reigns. to seeing Roman Reigns every week just 
to mm-hmm. see what he's going to talk about, what he's going to do, and what what they're going to do with him. He's a compelling character. He yes. said they found he found a part of himself that I don't even know if he knew existed. In the past few years, it's come out, and he's developed into a hell of a uh, of an incredible worker. He really has. Yeah. Well, he I, started he started colder than a jug of spring water. <laughs> Because when he'd go out there, people just they wouldn't they wouldn't buy him because he'd been a baby face. Yeah. Then he come back off that turn off WrestleMania, was it? No, so, uh, he came back at SummerSlam to the, uh, twenty twenty. Okay, and then they started building him from there, which is like almost two years ago, right? A year and a half ago, yeah. anyway. About eighteen months ago. And they started ago. building them from there, and it was hard going with Roman Reigns for a while. He just didn't wasn't really clicking. And it's almost like uh, Sasha trying to get the people to boo her. They didn't want to do it. So, but they you worked know, like their way out of that Rocky hole. Maivia. It's like that kid Rocky Maivia at the beginning. Yep. But, uh, no, no, it's it's, it's like him, what I him, said. What hey, I said all the way hey, back in August that the fans were never going to boo Becky Lynch, and we're here in December, and the fans still haven't booed Becky Lynch. I told we, we you were here, Dutch, and you had to be the judge. I remember that. For me and Rick arguing about this, and I told him, I was like, I know you love Becky. I understand Becky Lynch is very talented. I agree with that. She's just never right. shown anything I'm, I'm that tells down. me she could be a good heel. Neither did Sting, neither did Dusty Rhodes, neither did Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. It's okay to be a career babyface. I don't understand why they want to put a round peg into a square hole with yeah, you know, you imagine? They, do, they do it once in a while. She'll say something about that particular town. They'll boo her that one time, but then and then right back to cheering her. That's it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Can um, you imagine, Bill, back in the day, them trying to turn Bruno Hill? Oh, please. They'd have rioted, wouldn't they? It would have been would worth riot? rioting. It would have been, you know, these people out here. He couldn't have. I don't think he could have done it. <laughs> he was so no. He, I, no, he couldn't have done it. He had that heart where he couldn't. He couldn't do that to the people. Yeah, he, he was too. Well, how long was he the champion people. in New York? Seven years straight. Seven. He has the well, record. Seven, seven and a half, and then yeah. another, then another run. So then he did like just, another three and a half years. Yeah, and it wasn't and just in New York. Really? It was that whole. It was. It was the yeah. whole. The whole WWF territory. Yeah. Yeah. But talking about the this territory now in WWE, the twelve days of Christmas, twelve man uh, gauntlet. You had Angel beat Mansoor in a minute and thirty five seconds. You had Angel beat Eric in about. Four and a half minutes. You had Angel. That's then. another bitch I got. <laughs> you had uh, Shanky then beat Angel in about fifty three seconds. Uh, Ivar then beat Shanky in a, over just over a minute. Then Sheamus beat Ivar in a pretty good uh, physical competitive matchup. I thought Ivar was going to win this whole thing. By the way, the, the way they were doing this, he would have been the real dark horse in this. He he, he looked good against uh, Shanky, and he had a good uh, matchup with uh, yeah. Sheamus there. Then yeah. Sheamus destroys uh, Drew Gulak in like six seconds. Oh, Drew, Gul- Drew seconds. Gulak came out to new music and then gets bro kick, and that's he it. looked like he looked like Brian Danielson coming out, didn't he? He Absolutely. looked like a remake of Brian Dan. Like I think I think that was the message. That was a message being sent. <laughs> I have never seen that. I've never seen that. This is the first time I ever saw him. Wow, he can yeah. wrestle. Never he saw him before. 
Hardy yeah. was are, is he good? He's good. He's good. He's really good. good. He had a great match with uh Brian Brian Danielson in uh before the pandemic uh in 2020. So and in the Indies, back in the Indies, yeah. he was yeah. sensational. Yeah. Really, he's very good, good wrestler. Then Sheamus beat Cesaro, who was working with the injured ribs from the Shillelagh shot last week from Rich Holland. Rich Holland distracted Sheamus. I mean, distracted Cesaro for Sheamus to get the win. Then the best match, in my opinion, was Sheamus and Ricochet. Like we've been talking about that crazy outside moonsault where he almost jumped on his head. Uh, Rich Holland tries to cause a distraction to give Sheamus control, but Cesaro comes out to even the odds, and Ricochet gets the win with a roll up. Then uh, Sheamus knocks him out with a bro kick after he loses. Humberto comes out, but still loses in 42 seconds to Ricochet. Then Ricochet defeats Jinder Mahal in 31 seconds after reversing the Colossus. Then we get Ricochet and Sami Zayn as our final match. Another good matchup here. Huge moves. Counters going back and forth. Let me stop you one sec. Humberto uh, against Ricochet, I would have liked to have seen 10 or 15 minutes. I agree. It would have been a great match. I agree. Absolutely excellent. Who was this? Humberto. Humberto and Ricochet. Yes. Um, I think that would have been an excellent match. What was the other one you mentioned uh, soon after that? Uh, Jinder and Ricochet was. Now, Jinder, here you have a former world heavyweight champion losing to a. In 31 seconds. Yeah, 31 seconds. Doggone it, as Bruno would have said. Hey, these guys change after they win that title. Yeah, I mean they, they change. They, yeah, but they just don't put Ginger Mahal, Ginger Mahal. They don't talk about his past much, and they don't make him look like a former world champion. You knew that Drew McIntyre. What's that tell you? Is a former world champion. When you look yeah. at him, they always bringing that up. Mahal should get that same respect, in my opinion. He should. As every year and month passes by, it becomes more and more clear they just gave him the title to try to sell more tickets in India or increase business in India because they have never treated him like a WWE champion ever since he lost that title. Well, we need to give him the Sports Kida Man of the Year award. That's there it. we go. There we go. 2021 or 2022. We're going to start the campaign now for gender to be 2022 Man of the Year. Man of the <laughs> Year because Sports Kida is an Indian-based company. And uh, do you know I asked them what that meant? What, what Do you know what sports kida means? What does it mean? So kida is like a worm. So you have a book worm. This is a sports worm. That's what sports kida means. Yeah. Wow. I did not know that. Did you know so that? I, I did know not know that. that. Yeah. Yeah. We learned something. Everyone watching learned something new. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, everybody listening, write it down. What that Kita means worm. Exactly. Sports worm. Right. I think we should spend this very good. We should spend the most of our time talking about that because there's nothing much to talk about with the main event. It was uh, comedy stick. We saw Christmas trees. We saw uh, Woods pull out a steel chair from a box and hit a, da- a Van Daminator. We saw Kofi Kingston with a double axe handle with cookies in his hand. Then uh, Corbin and Moss got uh, drenched in eggnog. And then uh, Cor- uh, Moss took the Claymore for Drew McIntyre and the New Day to get the victory in the main yeah. event. And that's a wrap. Smackdown. Well, I did find out Moss is a hell of a worker. Yes, yes, yeah. Moss yeah. is very good. Yeah. He yeah. saddled he'd saddled with that gimmick. And I don't know if he can work himself out of that, but he's actually a better worker than Corbin, I think. Wow. 
I, I, I mean, I he's, didn't, I didn't he's, he he's more he's more aggressive, I would say. I think when Corbin so, is serious and not into this shtick character, uh, I think he's a really fine worker. I really well, do. we saw him when he was trying to be serious as happy. I mean, Baron Corbin. Yeah. Oh, uh, Rick hated him. Yeah, it just wasn't. Then they got rid of him and made yeah. him broke. Yeah. And make him walk around homeless. And that yeah. that to me was his most interesting that he's he's been. Yes. Yeah. And now then Rick didn't like him and me and Sid loved him. Because he had <laughs> he had he had character. He had he had context. And right. you could actually you could actually uh feel him. And I, I liked him, but now they turn him into this happy character, and he won all that money in Vegas. And I think it's backfiring on him. I really, I don't, I don't think, I don't think you could get heat on him if you doused him with gasoline and threw a match on him. You know what? If they did that, really, Bruno, I don't. Happy Bruno. Thank you, pardon. I can't hear you. Bruno, you to happy Bruno. Doggone it! Ha ha ha! I'm a million. No, it wouldn't work. Yeah, it would it wouldn't be the same, but uh, that brings us to a close on the Christmas Eve edition of SmackDown. I did have to ask both of you guys one final question before we wrap things up. Uh, since we didn't have AEW, wait a minute, did you pay your four ninety nine? My four ninety nine for what? Never mind. Go ahead. <laughs> Uh, but um, since we don't have AEW Rampage this week, I did want to ask you from AEW Dynamite. We saw the debut of former WWE superstar Kyle O'Reilly reuniting with his former Undisputed Era stablemates Bobby Fish and Adam Cole. We saw a little bit of a tease of Adam Cole. Where does he align with the Undisputed Era or the Young Bucks? Uh, Dutch, what did you think uh, about Kyle O'Reilly making the jump to AEW? And do you think it was the right move for his career? Well, WWE got rid of him, right? No, his uh, contract expired, and he decided to go okay, to AEW, and, and he didn't get what he wanted. I guess no, he got, so he got, he, he got. They what the report said he got a really good offer. He just wanted to go to AEW. Then I guess he's happy. But as far as see, I was never a follower of NXT. I'd heard about it, and I'd worked there one time, I think, but. uh as far as I have any ideas or or any kind of statement to make about him going to to uh, AEW, I don't because I think now. But he's going to bring he's going to bring all those fans that he had down there. He's going to bring them to NXT. Yeah. yeah. So and I'm happy AEW, for him. But right. the only thing is AEW is only so big and they can only take so many guys, even though they got two shows. How often are you going to see them? And how often are you going to and, – and, but I do think AEW is probably better at telling a story right now and having them miss TVs because you don't, you don't see those guys sometimes two weeks in a row. Yeah. But they do talk about it. Yes. And I think the AEW fan is almost a different type of fan too. It's not a WWE fan. You think, no, Bill? more like the, the – the, uh... A mixture of the Ring of Honor and ECW fan. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's true. Uh, Bill, do you think that it's a statement being made by Tony Khan and AEW that they were against NXT at the start of AEW Dynamite, and now they have the biggest act that was on NXT at the start of the Wednesday Night Wars with Undisputed Era members on AEW? Do you think that's a statement by uh, Tony Khan and AEW? Well, the first thing I've got to say is when I started in the uh, pro wrestling magazine business back in 1970, Stanley Weston, my mentor, said one of the few words that we don't use in wrestling is act. So I got to point that out to you right now. You said he's got one of the hottest acts. I can't use that. I'm sorry. My mentor would have rolled over in his grave. Well, they had the really? top stable, no, no. The, the, the stable that was the top uh, at the no, top no. of NXT. Isn't that funny? After all these years, I'll hear a word like that and it'll be... I'll see his face in front of me. So here's here's the story with me. First of all, they will not be able to use the Undisputed Era, that name, most yeah. likely. Secondly, the Undisputed Era against uh, the Young Bucks and one of the other, another person from their faction there, I think will do great ratings for them on TV. I really, really, really do. Uh, in terms of what Dutch said, um, that they have so many guys. I like that you can't see a lot of those guys every week on TV, but they're talked about. I want to know, and a lot of fans are, after uh, Hook made that great debut on TV, we haven't seen him again at this point. We, 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 well, did we see just, him the next week? Yeah, yeah. They, yeah. Did the, they did the recap of his debut. And then no, they I made, know that. They made the announcement that his second match would be on the Christmas Day Rampage. Tomorrow. Okay, I, I, mm -hmm. I may have at that point gone to the refrigerator for my sparkling ice. Um, I don't remember seeing that part, but uh, I'm glad that's happening. But yeah, uh, I think uh, Dutch has the right mentality there where as long as they they have this huge talent pool and you're not seeing the same people every week. It makes the show even more compelling. Absolutely agree there. And, so and this, and this, and this hook kid, if he gets the following that he's gotten, he's never even talked, but Orange Cassidy's never talked too. So they may have yeah. something. Yeah. Sometimes they can talk their way out of a job. Because if True. it doesn't fit the it doesn't fit the character, I mean, I've seen guys who were great in the ring, but they couldn't talk. They wouldn't get over. But this guy can get over without talking. So I hope they don't all of a sudden start him saying something. They because Orange Cassie hadn't said anything yet, has he? Nope. And hey, who's that guy? Well, he NX? said he Let said something against Chris Jericho actually in the feud with Jericho. Oh, he did. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you, this guy named Dexter. Dexter Loomis. Is he is he gone? Uh, what do you mean? No, he's still in NXT. Okay. Yeah, he just got hit so, with a but, chair by Grayson Waller, I know, this week. So, so he was, he didn't talk either, right? Until no, he got married. Until he got married and he said, I do. That's yeah. the only word. Which, which, which was actually they, good. They had said that uh, ProWrestlingTees.com had said that Hook uh, sold more T-shirts uh, that week that he debuted than anyone else uh, on Pro Wrestling Tees. And when you talk about guys not looking like their voice, and this may sound crazy to you, but when I first heard Brock Lesnar talk, I was waiting for that. He doesn't speak like that. No. No, he's got a very 
good way of speaking, but it doesn't match the killer that he portrays, in my opinion. No, 100% agree with you there for sure. Brock, Brock's voice does not match what we see from him. But that brings us to a close on this Christmas Eve edition of Smack Talk. We want to thank Phil After for once again joining us. Please let the people know where they could find you on social media, sir. Well, you can find me and I have an interview with Orange Cassidy. If you go to BillAfter.com, that will take you to the One Wrestling Video YouTube channel and put in Orange Cassidy. And I did an interview with him about a year and a half, two years ago. Um, and his answers were very profound. You have to check that out. And you can get me on uh, Twitter at After One, the number one, One Wrestling. And of course, my weekly column on uh, Sports Kita and a weekly appearance on one of their wonderful uh, talk shows like this one every week. Thank you, Bill, so much for joining us. Always have a great time when you're with us. And Dutch, where can the people find you, sir? Uh, usually down at a bar. <laughs> drive by and come in. I am not buying you a beer now, but you can probably find me there. Hey, find me on Twitter, Dirty D Mantel, on Twitter and on Facebook. It's just Dutch Mantel and uh, somewhere else says uh, I, I need to get the, I need to get verified. I don't know how you do yes. that. I, I do too. Are are you both of them? Are you verified? No, and I yeah, don't I need to get people verified. That have, I'm, I know people with twelve hundred followers. I've got thirty thousand. Twelve hundred followers, and they're verified. Ridiculous! Mm-hmm. Ridiculous! Get Bill Hacker and Dutch Mantel verified in twenty twenty two. We need to start the campaign. Let's do it. If, hey, it if anybody knows how to do it, let me know. Help, help Dutch and Bill after. That's it. And let, please, me leave please. You with this, let me leave you with this thought. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Let the Yuletide flow. Whatever that word is. Perfect. <laughs> That's very uh, good. You can follow me on the Twitter machine at TrueHillSP3. Check out my interview with Impact Knockouts champion Mickey James over on the True Hill Heat YouTube channel. Plenty of content over there as well. For Dutch Mantel, for our special guest, Bill After, it's me, it's me, your true phenom, SP3. And this has been Smack Talk. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year, y'all. Bye. See you guys. We the people. <laughs>